0: Amen. You guys ready for the Word? Amen, amen, amen. This This is what it's really about, is getting the Word. We know that God's Word is true in all that it does. Last week we dealt with tribulation, going through tribulation. Tribulation is designed to strengthen our faith. But I've come to understand that there are some Christians who don't know the magnitude and the power of the faith that you really have. The Bible speaks of faith. We speak of faith. We talk about faith, having faith. All of us in here made our public profession of faith, but most of us don't really understand what faith really is. I know what the Bible says that faith is and we'll take a look at that. But understanding what faith is and how it's activated in our lives is when you really begin to utilize the power and authority that God gives you as a Christian. Most of us are undercutting ourselves and we're not really operating in the faith in which God has given us because the scripture tells us that God has given a measure of faith to every man. God has given you the faith It's just your opportunity. It is your ability to be able to utilize that faith. And that's why so many of us are staying in tribulations and problems and situations so long is because we have not developed our faith to the place to where we can get triumph over our tribulation. And so that's what we want to talk about this morning is faith. If you have your Bibles turn to a very familiar passage of scripture, Hebrews the 11th 11th chapter. Hebrews the 11th chapter, we're going to read the first seven verses in your hearing. And say amen when you have it. Amen. All right, that's enough. You yeah, got verse number one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were formed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made by things which do By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained a witness that he was righteous, and God testifying of his gift, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God but without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him by faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he commended, condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. This morning I'd like to take for a subject, a faith that pleases God. A faith that pleases God. One of the most difficult things that we'll do, any man will ever do, is to try to please God in his own human efforts. And we see throughout history, man has tried and he has failed to please God. Because the only way to please God is by faith, is by trusting in the Lord. And all of us have faith. The problem is that what is the object of your faith? We put our faith in so many things. We understand faith. You put your faith and trust in the architects who built your house. You trust it that they're going to build it to code. That they're going to have all the safety measures that is needed to build a house. You trust that they built your house on a firm foundation. So we understand what it means to have faith. It took faith for you to get out the bed this morning and to put one foot in front of the other. It took faith for you to get dressed this morning when you decided what you were going to wear. It took faith to go out and start your car. When you turned the key, you assumed that it was going to turn over and it was going to get you to church like you had planned. So we understand faith. But understand this, that that there are homes where the architect took shortcuts. And it was a disaster. So you can't really put your faith in an architect when it comes to your safety, when it comes to being able to indwell a home your faith must be in God. There are some people that went out to their cars this morning and turned the key and it did not start because you can't put your faith in a car. You can't put your faith in an automaker that's going to build the car to last. It's not about the faith, but it's really about the object of your faith. And my question to you today, who are you trusting this morning? Who have you put your faith in? Who are you leaning and depending on? As a matter of fact, begin to ask yourself this question. Who really woke me up this morning? Because it was the almighty God that woke you up this morning. I know you may have thought that your alarm clock woke you up this morning or that someone nudged you and woke you up this morning. But somebody got nudged this morning that didn't get up. So somebody's alarm clock is still going off right now, and they ain't even hearing it. But it's the mercy. It is the grace of God that woke us up this morning. It, it, it's by God's goodness that you got up this morning. Faith is important, and it's paramount to us as being believers. As a matter of fact, faith is essential when it comes to a believer. You must have faith. You must identify the faith which God has given you. And you must appropriate it where it should be. And that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. In in 2 Corinthians, Paul tells this church at 2 Corinthians to examine yourself to see whether or not you are in the faith. What Paul is really saying is that take a close look at you because this is perhaps the most important examination that you will ever make. He's he's saying take a look at your life and see if you are lining up with what God would have for you to do. To examine means to take close consideration of to look it over, to scrutinize it, to make sure that you're in the faith. But then Paul takes it a step further because he tells them then to prove your own selves, to see whether you're in it. In other words, Paul said, don't just examine, but but, but test it and see if it's really real. Your faith is really genuine. Because most of us, are trusting in that profession of faith that you stood before this church and made. And the reality of it is, that if, if, if God is not changing you, if he's not moving in your life and conforming you to the image of his son, Jesus Christ, then maybe you haven't been saved. Because this is what God desires to do. He desires to conform us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Did you not know that Christ bought you with his own blood? That you belong to him? And he loves us too much to let us remain the same in our own sinful condition. He desires us to have this faith. This is key. Because this is a matter of the heart. This is not a matter of the intellect. It is a matter of the heart. And so Paul begins to, I mean, excuse me, uh, the writer here in Hebrew, and most people think it's Paul, but we're not certain. So if I say Paul, it's because perhaps that's how I think it's Paul. But I don't know with any certainty, but the writer here deals with this. And he takes this opportunity to basically give us an explanation and to explain what faith is. Here in the text, he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, understand that this writer here, I mean, the the, the book of Hebrews is being written to some Hebrew Christians or those who are on the on the cusp of being a Christian. These are Hebrew people who have come to Christ, but because of heavy persecution, have had thoughts of going back into their old Judaism. And what the writer is really trying to get them to understand that that, that what you have in Christ now is far better than you had up underneath Judaism. And what we need to understand is that what you have in Christ Jesus, even though you're going through trials, even though you're going through situations, it's far better than what you used to have. It's far better because you have a perfect sacrifice in Christ Jesus. And all you had to depend on prior to Christ Jesus was your good works. And your good works means absolutely nothing to God. It takes faith. And so Paul is is writing this. I'll just say Paul. (laughs) He's writing to these, these Hebrews. He's letting them know that, listen, this is a far better thing because now this is of faith. But understand that it has always been about faith. As a matter of fact, in the book of Habakkuk, it said that the just shall live by faith. Paul gives the same sentiment in in Galatians. He said that the just shall live by faith. And in the 10th chapter here, he says the same thing, that the just shall live by faith. It's a common thread. Throughout scripture, it has always been about our faith in God. It has never been about us being able to keep the commandments because God knew that we could never keep the commandments but by faith we come to him by faith we walk upright before him and it it's by faith that God delivers us from the sin in which we're in it's faith in a holy and a righteous God he said now by faith he said now faith is the substance of things hoped for Faith is, is, is a conviction. It is a deep-rooted belief. It is a belief in something or someone that transforms your thinking, transforms your life. And he said that faith, this conviction, has a foundation to it. There's a substance to it. In other words, there's something that you can put your hands on that you can tangibly touch. It's just that it's unseen because you cannot see it. That's the power of faith that I believe even though I cannot physically touch it. But I believe it as though it is actually physically before me. That's what faith is. When it talks about the substance, it talks about something that's undergirding your belief. You don't just believe just because you believe or because mama and daddy told you to believe. You believe because faith has a substance to it. There's something on the inside of you that lets you know that God is real. There's something on the inside of you that lets you know that you have eternal life. Everything we do as Christians is built around our faith in God. Because without faith, It's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible for you to get anything from God. Because in James' epistle, he said that that, that people who are double-minded can't expect anything from God. If you don't have faith, you can't expect anything from God. You gotta have faith. You gotta ask in faith and you got to ask according to his will for your life. For, for, for a long time, church, I didn't really understand the magnitude of faith. Especially when it came to the things in which I needed. There was, there, there was times that, that, I, that I thought I was going to break the bank when it came to God. Most of us is not, are not asking God for Enough. doesn't mean that God is going to give it to you. But I can at least ask him. Understand that you you, you are not going to break God by asking for the things that you need. The Lord has been good. And it's because of faith. When you want to really please God, you'll learn how to trust God. And you'll learn how to trust God in three areas of your life. The first one is that you'll learn how to trust God in your worship. That's the example that he gives here when he talks about Abel and how Abel offered a perfect sacrifice unto God. Now understand that this offering was a a, a worship, a form of worship. And much in the same way, when we come into here, we give a sacrifice of worship unto God. We surrender worship unto God every day of our lives. As a matter of fact, your life should be, be, should be defined about how you worship God. I know, I know you, think, you thought that worship was just confined to this place here. And this is just a starting place. This is where we start our worship at. But what you get from here in this place, you ought to carry it on out Monday through Friday through Saturday. Should be a spirit of worship every morning that you wake up in the morning. The problem is that that, that, that we, we need to worship God like he wants us to worship him. We want to worship him like we want to worship him. But there's a specific worship that God has. For us. And that was the difference between Cain and Abel. Because if you look at it, both of them were obedient. Both of them did what God had required. Both of them offered a gift. And I know that you want to say that that well Abel's gift was, was, was better than it was better than, than Cain's gift. We don't have anything in scripture to tell us that. But what we do know. Because Abel is in this hall of faith. The difference between the two is that one had faith. And the other one did not have faith. So where, where, where where's, where's, uh, Abel's uh, uh, faith was seen in his worship, Cain's was not. And it grieved Cain so much to where he killed his brother. And the text is that his blood and his testimony still speaks to this day. When we worship God, we are to worship God by faith. We're to worship trusting that God, we're worshiping you in the manner in which you've asked us, that you prescribed for us. This worship is a spiritual thing. It's not a fleshly thing. And that's where we get caught up, because because we have this ideology of what worship looks like. But understand that worship starts deep down on the inside of you. It is something that you carry with you. You ought to live and walk a life of worship. So that means that even when you're in a supermarket, if God touches you, you can worship him right there. In the midst of your troubles and your tribulation, you can worship God right where you at. As a matter of fact, that's a good place to worship God. When the devil is on your track, begin to worship and praise God and see what happens. It's a spirit of worship. It's faith in our worship. Because when we're really worshiping God, it's really not about us. It's about bringing glory to God's name. It's about bringing honor to God's name. It's about lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's really about. Really ain't never been about us. We, 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 we're just vessels in which God uses to worship Him. I could not even worship God if I didn't have the Spirit of God living inside of me. It's the Spirit that worship. But understand that there's always that flesh that contends with the Spirit. But also understand that the Spirit man should overtake the flesh man. To never be about us. So, so, so we have faith in our worship. We're like Abel. We're bringing what God requires. Lord, I don't want to bring anything that you don't require. This is this is how our our, our faith is exemplified. It's in our worship, but not only in our worship, we see our faith. In our walk, how we conduct ourselves, it is by faith that we walk in the Lord. We walk in the spirit that we won't give in to the flesh. We walk by faith and not by sight. What does your Christian walk tell people about you? What what, what does your walk say about you? You see, because people will see what you do faster than they hear what you say. So what does your walk look like? Are are, are you walking upright before the Lord? Are, are, Are you walking mindful that folk are watching you? You see, because the minute you name the name of Christ that you are a Christian, you begin to get scrutinized. Everything you say, everything you do, will be scrutinized. And we need to have a walk, a closer walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we, we are to draw nigh unto him. Why? Because he's drawn nigh unto us. we need to have that close fellowship with the Lord. The example that the writer here gives is Enoch. There's not a whole lot written in the Bible about Enoch. There's only a few verses written about Enoch. But the one thing that it says about Enoch is that Enoch walked with God. In other words, Enoch was in full compliance with God Himself. Enoch was one that had a close personal relationship with God. You, you, you know how how, how, how you, you, you had that nice long stroll in, in, in the park with the one you love. You you know how you used to walk through the park, holding hands. The conversation was always intriguing and interesting. Understand that God wants to have the same type of walk with you. He wants to hold your hand through some tough times, some difficult situations. God wants to hold your hand. He wants you to get to understand that, hey, listen, no matter what, I'm with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And if you're going and walking through trouble, God will walk through it with you. But it requires your faith. Requires your faith. I told you faith is important. This, this, This is what's known as a saving faith. This is is, is a faith that that, that will stabilize your life. If you you have a problem finding some type of stability in your life, maybe you need to consider this faith walk that you have with God. Walking with God. Listen here. Enoch's walk with God was so close and so prevailing that he'd never even die. The Bible said that God translated him. That he just took him off of the earth. And I know some of y'all said, well, I don't want to have that close a walk with God. He just take me off the earth. But I'm all right with that. If God came right now and said, "Hey, come on, come on, son. But I'm, but, but I'm afraid my walk ain't that close with God. I'm still striving. I'm still trying to get there. But the point is, is that I'm, I'm, I'm always striving to have that close walk with the Lord. Yeah. What, what, what does my life look like? You see, because when you're walking with Jesus, you can't do some of the things you used to do. Yeah. When, when, when you're walking with Jesus, you, you're you careful what you say. Yeah. Careful how, how you treat folk when you're walking with Jesus. Yeah. But, but the problem is that, that, that we ain't always walking with with Jesus, there, there, there's some time that we're walking with ourselves. Yeah. Because when you're walking with Jesus, you, you, you won't be as mean-spirited as you are. When you're walking with Jesus, you won't be as judgmental as you are about folk. Yeah. When you're walking with Jesus, you won't be as critical on folk as you are. Yeah. Because when you're walking with Jesus, you have the same compassionate spirit that he does. Yeah. You have the same wants and desires that see people saved and come out of their sinfulness. Yeah. So you come with the same heart yeah. that Christ came with. Yeah. You walk with the same mind that Christ has. Yeah. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. You have the same mindset. The Bible said, how can two, any two walk together yet disagree? You're walking with Christ. You got to walk in his direction yeah. because Christ is not going to walk in your direction. You got to turn around. You got to repent and walk in the direction that he's going in yeah. because where he's leading you is all the way to heaven. Yeah. So, 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 so we worship God yeah. in our worship. We worship God in our walk. And then lastly, we worship God in our work. All of us have a work to do. The Bible tells us that faith without works is a dead faith. It has nothing. It's dead. It's just a whole bunch of talk. You see, because God desires to use each and every person that he saves and if you're not actively up and working for the Lord, then you have to ask yourself, why? Because one of the first things that God gave me when he saved me was a deeper work ethic for him. I wanted his name to be glorified. And so therefore I began to do the works in which he's given me. And the first work that he gave me was to live holy, to walk up right before him. And so therefore I begin to surrender myself to that working of his Holy Spirit within me. Understand that I cannot work unless the Holy Spirit is working within me. God has assigned something to your hands. He's giving you something to do. Just like he gave Noah something to do. The Bible says that God called Noah to a work of his hands. He called Noah to build an ark. He tells Noah that it's going to rain. Now understand the faith that it took for Noah to begin to build this ark. Because up until this point, it had never rained before. Most of us would be asking the question, God, are you sure? Are you sure that it's going to rain? Most of us would hesitate. Begin to pray about it. And that listen here, there's some work that God has assigned your hand. And you're still praying about it. You're still asking God, is this what, this what, what I'm supposed to be doing? And you know without a shadow of a doubt that God has called you to it. There are many different ministries around here. That you know God is speaking to you. Pioneer girls. I'm gonna let that sink in. Pioneer boys. You know, awful quiet. Y'all still praying about it? No, there, there's a work to do. We have babies that are waiting for this ministry to start back. We have babies that, that, that really want to come in and worship God. We have babies that are impressionable. And it takes your efforts. It takes you stepping up to the plate and getting the work in which God has assigned to you. Listen here, I know you say, oh, I'm, I, I, this might overwhelm me. Well, think about what Noah was, was, was up against. Noah was an old man. But God still used him. And he used him modelling that he might save the entire race. Because you know the story. God sent the flood after Noah had completed the ark and brought all of the animals and his family into it. God began to flood the earth. And all of humanity died with the exception of eight individuals. And understand this. You don't know who you're saving by doing the work in which God has given you or that he's called you to. The problem is that we want to sit around and we just want to be comfortable in church. We we want to stay within our comfort zone. There's some time that God calls you out of your comfort zone. Like I told you before, you don't know what you can do until you're doing it. Till you get up and begin to move and go into it. You never know what the Lord's going to do through you. We keep shortchanging God after all that he's done for us. Step out on faith. Come say, Pastor, I got you. I'll I'll take Pioneer Girl. I'll head it up. There's a whole lot of folk that want to do it. They want to help, but nobody wants to take the lead. I'm talking to somebody. I don't know who it is, but I'm I'm talking to somebody. God wants to bring you up and out. But it requires your faith. He's called you to a work. And if it ain't Pioneer's Great, it's something else. We, have, we, we just start two, two ministries, the bereavement ministry and the widow's ministry. All of these can use your effort, can use your hope, your help. As I mentioned, we're going to start in evangelism. We, 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 we had our, our executive board meeting. We set the budget. We're going to give Reverend Register the budget to be able to do what he needs to do to train us to be effective in what we do. But it would be a sin and a shame for us to start these ministries and no one shows up for it. We must have the faith even in your work. Because if Noah could take a hammer in his head and a nail and some wood and begin to build an ark when there had never been rain before, then certainly you can do something that has already been established. We just need to restart it. God has given us everything, but it takes faith. And then he talks about faith exemplified. In verse number six, he says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. That word impossible means just that. That there is no way you can please God without faith. And my question to you is, do, do you really want to please God? You see, because I think that we have a more of a tendency of pleasing ourselves or being men pleasers than to please God. God is worthy of all of our praise. And he's worthy of our faith in him and our trust in him. So what is the problem? Why, why aren't we stepping out on faith? You say you have faith. You think about faith. Show me your faith by your works. Show, show, show me really what you're made of by what you do. Hello, somebody. I know I'm not saying what y'all want to hear. I can tell when I'm not saying what y'all want to hear. I can tell. But it's all right because this is what God wants you to hear. We all need to hear this. It's faith that pleases God. And you demonstrate your faith by the work in which you do for the Lord. God wants you to be a demonstration of your faith. Through how you work for him. How you serve others. How you're a blessing to other people. How you give to others. How you love others. Takes faith. It Takes a lot of faith to love some folk. A whole lot of faith. We got to trust God sometimes. Because some people are hard to love. And you'll find that out. When we do go out here into these streets. It's going to take faith. It's going to take love. That's what it's going to take. We can talk about it all day long. But there's going to come a time that we're going to have to get out there and test the faith in which God has given us. Are you willing? He said said that without faith it's impossible to please him. Who? God. For he that cometh to God must what? Believe that he is God. It don't make no sense to have faith in someone you don't even believe is God. When you, when, when you see that he is God, you're seeing that he is, he is omniscient. He's all powerful. He's, he, he's omnipotent. He knows all. He does all. He's all loving. So everything that you stand in need of, God is capable of doing it. Just by the spoken word, God can do it. If you need more faith, just go to God and ask him for it. Ask him to increase your faith. Ask him to let you activate that faith by doing something for his glory. Because that's what it is. It is to bring God glory. Did you not know that every person that you affect for the glory of God, that God gets the glory out of it? Every soul that walks down this aisle and give their life to Christ is for his glory, that he might be glorified. Every, every time you share the word with somebody and it impacts their life to as it changes their life, God gets the glory behind it. It's not our glory. It's not up to us. But it's up to him. Not only that, that we must believe that he is, but we must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek after him. Amen. In other words, these, these, these are people that are God, God chasers. Yeah. That's what we are. Yeah. We chase after God. Yeah. What we really desire and what we really want is for God to be glorified in our lives, in our actions, and in everything that we do. Yeah. We, don't, we don't localize God. Listen here. I've learned throughout the years, how to trust God. The reason why I can say this because I have not always trusted God in every area of my life. But experience has taught me, life has taught me that God is trustworthy. There has not been a thing that has happened in my life that God has not fixed, not made right. And there are some times that God had to get me straight. And understand that that is one of the most glorious times, is when I was the one that was in error, God got me straight. And you've got to be willing to do the same thing. You've got to say, God, if I'm not right, Lord, get me right. And you've got to have the faith and trust God that as he's working on you, you're submitting yourself to him and allowing him to lead you in the paths of righteousness. So many times, so many times we don't we don't act in faith, we don't walk in faith, we don't live in faith because we want our own way. We want to do our own thing. And there's very little faith that's needed for you to do what you really want to do, but to go where God has called you to, it's going to take faith. If if you're still walking around and you're still comfortable in your little seat. You're still comfortable in your shoes. You're still comfortable in in, in the ministry that you're in. Then there's a problem there. Because God calls us out of comfortability and calls us into a work. So it's up to you. I've done my job. I've, I've told you what the word has said. You worship him. You have faith in your worship. Faith in your walk. Faith in your work. Three areas that we need to consider. Because Jesus had faith in his work. Yeah, his work was that he was to come down here and to give his life as a ransom for us. He was to come down here and to show us and give us an example of what Christian living looks like. He showed us what Christian worship looked like. He, he showed us how, how he walked among men, what a Christian walk looks like. But then at the end, after 33 year, long years being down here on the earth, he showed us his final work. It was his greatest work, the greatest work anybody could ever do. You see, because this work was a work that only he could do. None of us could do this work. Because this work required a holy and a righteous and a pure and a perfect sacrifice. And Jesus was the only one that fit that bill. Yes, he came down here to work, to work the work of the cross. He went to Calvary's cross. Nailed him in his hands. Nailed him in his feet. Put a crown of thorns on the head. He suffered, bled and died. He did the work for you. They buried him in a tomb. But on the third day, he rose with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. He completed the work. He said, it is finished. The work of plan of salvation is finished. Jesus Christ did it. And he's still working. Because the Bible said that he's sitting on the right-hand side of the Father. And he's making intercession. He's praying for you right now. That's what he's doing. He's still working on your behalf. And I compel you, please work on his behalf. Yes, Do what will glorify him. Amen. And he's coming back yes, he for a church without spot or wrinkle. Amen. He's coming back for a church that is busy and working for his glory. Amen. Will you be one of them? Yes, the door to the church is open. Please stand to your feet. We need workers. We need worshipers. Is there one? Faith is there one? reach the unreachable. Faith to fight the unreadable. Faith to reach